For SearchSecurity.com, I'm Bill Brenner. You're listening to Security Wire Weekly for Wednesday, May 2nd, 2007. This week, Sven Krasser from Secure Computing talks to me about some new and dangerous techniques the bad guys are working into image spam. And WebSense acquires surf control. We begin today with news that Apple has fixed the QuickTime flaw at the heart of a controversial Mac hacking contest during the recent CanSec West conference in Vancouver, a contest Gartner deems bad for security. In that contest, New York hacker Dino DeZovi won a $10,000 cash prize a couple weeks back for using the QuickTime flaw to hijack a Mac OS X machine. The contest was designed to raise awareness of the threats facing Mac users who tend to see Apple's operating system as a more secure alternative to Microsoft Windows, according to conference organizers. But since the contest, researchers have determined that the QuickTime flaw threatens both the Mac and Windows operating systems, and that any Java-enabled browser is a viable route of attack, whether it's Safari, Mozilla Firefox, or Internet Explorer. Apple said in its advisory that its security update addresses the flaw by having the media player perform additional bounds checking when creating certain objects. Research firm Gartner says the QuickTime flaw poses a wide risk and highlights the danger of vulnerability research conducted in public. Analysts Rich Mogul and Greg Young wrote that public vulnerability research and hacking contests are risky endeavors that can run contrary to responsible disclosure practices where vendors are given an opportunity to develop patches or workarounds before public announcements are made. Next is word of yet another acquisition in the IT security world. This time the buyer is security vendor WebSense and the acquired company is its rival, Surf Control. WebSense says the $400 million deal will allow it to compete more effectively in the global security market. WebSense has approximately 25 million customers, while Surf Control caters to about 16 million. Both companies specialize in proactive network security products designed to fight phishing, spyware, and other malware. We'll be back after this message. Want to know which NAC products can lock down your network endpoints? Or which firewalls can secure the application layer? Visit our brand new Integration of Networking and Security School. Using a combination of webcasts, technical tips, podcasts, and quizzes, a top-notch roster of renowned information security instructors will help you learn how to secure the application layer, lock down network endpoints, secure remote offices, and much more. Don't wait. Get an in-depth look at the security-related and networking-related processes affecting enterprise network security. Visit SearchSecurity.com's Integration of Networking and Security School today at SearchSecurity.com slash NETSEC. That's SearchSecurity.com slash NETSEC. The bad guys continue to find new ways to sneak malware onto the machines of unsuspecting users, and image spam is among the more insidious examples. Last week, 
Researchers monitoring a bot network discovered a new type of image spam that can evade corporate spam blocking systems and clog many inboxes. Instead of attaching an image within an email, spammers are using an image hosting site to link directly to the image, significantly optimizing their volumes, Secure Computing's trusted source labs discovered. The spam message that lands in the user's inboxes looks just like the image spam that people have been accustomed to seeing, but instead of the image being attached to the email, it is linked from the Image Shack website. Joining me to discuss this is Sven Krasser, a research scientist with Secure Computing's Trusted Source Labs. Sven, welcome to the program. Thanks, Beth. We've heard a lot about image spam over time. Uh, talk about how this new variety is different from what we've seen in the past. Um, okay, so first like, let's back off and, and see you know, where image spam comes from, what the idea was behind it. And I uh, think uh, the overall purpose that spammers try to accomplish with it is to make uh, it harder for spam filtering software to analyze the actual message. So by, by putting their message into an image, it makes it very hard to do uh, text extraction. In addition, they, they randomize the image, which makes the binary representation of the image very different like between similar messages. So while the human perceives those images as similar or the same, the machine takes them as, as rather differently. So that makes it also hard to come up with signatures. So um, uh, what the industry did is pretty much returned the table on the spammers there, because um, even though the image is harder to parse and to extract the text, it actually gives us more data to work with. So like uh, one approach, for example, was to use um, techniques to prevent text extraction from images. And um, ironically, this is very, very similar to what um, you know, is done on blogs, for example, to prevent uh, comment spam, that you have to enter like some text you see in an image and you enter that before you can post your comments, those um, capture images. So now spammers use the same techniques in image spam that, you know, uh, the good guys use in, in captures to see actually if, if a human read the text. Um, so uh, what what we're trying to do um, um, at Secure Computing, for example, to prevent this is we actually look at the image composition instead of extracting, extracting text. So we actually look if something if something is perceived as um, as uh, a composition that is more spam-like than um, ham ham being a good message uh, like. For example, if, if you glance at a spam image, you don't really need to read the text. You can just glance at it, and you can tell if it's good or bad just by the composition. So since there has been a lot of progress in that area, spammers try to explore new areas. So what we, what we recently saw was uh, one of our malware researchers found a template online which uh, indicates uh, that there's a, a spam run in which the spammers do not include the image in the message, but just put an external reference to the image in there. So there's no actual image in the message, just just this reference, the URL, pretty much. And then um, they, they introduce some additional text um, to, to throw off Bayesian filters, just some, some random news text, some garbage that, that um, is introduced to make the overall message look le less like spam because it doesn't have a spam message in it. Now, Sven, is that um, URL, is that to that Image Shack website? That is correct. So they, they uploaded an image in this particular spam template on Image Shack, which is a, a popular image hosting website. Mm -hmm. So um, there are approaches out there, um, like very basic URL filtering lists um, that, that look for the domain name. And um, those are public lists that everybody can use. And if a URL in this particular domain occurs, then the email can be stopped. But since Image Shack is a popular site, you can, you can block the whole site just by adding Image Shack. There are many 
legitimate images on, on that website. So, so the spammers speculate that um, since we don't have to, since we don't block the whole site, we need to find the individual URLs on the site that actually contain the spam message and are malicious. Mm -hmm. So now is it that they're putting malware, hiding malware on this site, or talk a bit about um, how it works if, if the user clicks onto that URL, what the sequence of events could be? Um, so first of all, the user doesn't need to click on the URL. They embed it as an, as an image tag. So most email readers, current email readers, will not download those external images. You have to explicitly tell the reader to download external images. In Outlook, you see like a little X there, and if you right-click on it, it allows you to download the images. So it's not a URL you see. It's just an external reference to, to, this, to this image. And um, in this particular spam run, there is no, there's no malware involved. It's just, um, it just downloads an image. But um, we have seen a similar template, which includes um, an exploit in um, the Windows meta file format. So this, this file format, there was an exploit discovered in, I think it was in December 2005. Mm -hmm. And um, it allows arbitrary code to be executed on the machine. So this, this same vector could also be used to introduce malware, malware over this vector. The, the WMF exploit was patched in um, January 2006, yeah. so about one month afterwards by Microsoft. Like, you know, I, don't, I don't know the exact, exact time frame, but it was a rather quick response. And um, um, uh, we, we still see attempts to exploit this particular, this particular vulnerability because the, the, the spammers speculate that not all machines have been updated. So it's, it's very important that uh, home users and corporate users keep their, keep their um, operating systems updated to prevent those attacks. Now, are you able to find, uh, are you able to determine how many um, unpatched machines they're being successful in finding? Uh, not with respect to this particular exploit, but we see, we see several, um, we see large amounts of new bots coming online. I think it's actually in the hundred thousands. I don't have the number here right now, but um, it's, it's a very, very large number of new zombie machines coming up each day. And this is, this is how they get, this is how they get them. They, they pretty much exploit vulnerabilities on those machines mm -hmm. and then install their, their uh, zombie and bot software. So there's quite a substantial amount of machines that are not, that are not uh, patched. So if you're an IT administrator and you're looking to guard against this sort of threat, what are the steps that you would recommend? Um, in the corporate environment, um, definitely gateway defense. So this is, this is a typical example of a blended threat. There's um, an email part to the attack vector and there's a web part to the attack vector. So, um, for example, with, with um, current reputation technology, you can correlate those two um, identifiers. You can correlate the, um, the URL that has been sent in a mass message and you can correlate that with the uh, information that is there on the website. This is actually something that happens currently in detection of phishing sites. So um, the, way, the way phishing sites are discovered is you monitor um, certain spikes in volumes of uh, certain URLs and email messages, and you can then um, automatically go to those, to those websites and check them against, um, you know, uh, if, they, if they appear to be, if they try to be um, like bank login pages, and this is also done automatically. And similar techniques can be used there. So to make a long story short, basically you need, you need an email gateway that is um, able to, to uh, block these email messages, and on the other hand, you need, you need a web gateway, a web filtering solution that prevents users actually from downloading content from those malicious websites. Mm -hmm. Okay. 
Sven Krasser from Secure Computing, thanks again for being with us today. Thank you. And that'll do it for this week. The latest information security news is always available as it breaks on our news page at searchsecurity.com news. And you can always catch our Security Wire weekly podcasts featuring summaries of the latest news and interviews with security professionals at searchsecurity.com slash podcast. I'm Bill Brenner. Thanks for listening.